Welcome to the Relentless Growth Podcast with Chris Goodman, where business owners and personal growth junkies just like you get their fix of tough questions and powerful coaching conversations so you can become your best, find your purpose, discover new levels of freedom, and lead others in their pursuit of relentless growth. Let's get started. Good morning, everybody. When I'm recording this, it is pretty early in the morning, and my nephew is staying with us, and it's got me thinking about time because it's a Friday morning, and instead of working, we're going to go play all day. We're going to go see a movie and do whatever it is 10-year-olds want to (laughs) do. So as I'm thinking about this, I'm realizing just how often time comes up as the stressful thing that my clients are dealing with. I don't have enough time. I just wish I had more time. I just need a clone. I need to be able to get more done. I need to hire people. I need to find more leverage. Like all of these things consistently popping up week after week for just about every one of my clients until they get a handle on their time. Today, I'm going to do a quick episode about time because one of the most brilliant things I ever heard about time came from one of the former CEOs of the Keller Williams Realty organization. And he said, you know how you spell love? Like when you think about the people you love and you think about your kids or your your spouse or your partner or even yourself, do you know how you spell love? T-I-M-E. So as I get ready to just go play on a Friday with my nephew, more than anything, I want you to be able to use your time however you want. because. I didn't always treat my time this way. I used to throw every Friday, Saturday, Sunday out the window with work. And I remember at one point I worked 17 weeks straight without a day off in real estate. In law school, it was probably even worse than that. So the entire point here is to be able to change how you see your time, how you treat your time, and how you make decisions about your T-I-M-E. All right, so the first thing I want you to do is audit your time. When I'm dealing with a client who says something to the effect of, you know, my business is getting away from me and I'm just constantly working, we, we do a hard pause and we say, all right, let's, let's get some numbers together because the numbers are not going to lie. Your story about how busy you are might be bending the truth a little bit or you might just be stressed, but the numbers are not going to lie, right? So here's how we do this. And I encourage you to take a pen and paper or grab your phone and make a note out of this and do it for yourself and, and get your real numbers to this story of your time. Here's how this works. We know there's seven days in a week, 24 hours. That's 168 hours every week that we all get to play with. One of my dad's favorite sayings as I was growing up was, we all have the same amount of hours in a day. It's just how we treat them that makes the difference. So here we are, 168 hours in a day. I'm sorry, in a week. Now, if you're like most Americans, you're getting somewhere around seven to eight hours of sleep per night. If you remember when I had Tanessa Shears on the show, she had a great, great point that if you want eight hours of sleep every night, you've got to be in bed for more than eight hours. So most of my clients, and I'll put myself in this group too, who actually get eight hours of sleep are in bed more like nine hours because it takes a few minutes to fall asleep or you 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 wake up for a couple minutes in the night, especially as you get older. So look at your own sleep pattern. This is one of the biggest chunks of time that's going to come out of your 168 hours. Let's just say you're in bed for eight hours a night. 
That's 56 hours a week gone right there. Now it's gone to a good purpose. We know that there's lots of documentation and research about brain disease, heart disease, cancer even being linked to poor sleep habits over time. So do your own math and see where you come out on your sleep and how it affects your time. Next, let's take something as simple as eating. How many hours a week do you plug into meals? You get a half an hour every morning. Do you take a luxurious hour or hour and a half every morning? Do you take three hours on a Sunday to go to brunch? Let's just grab one of the next biggest chunks of time, which is meals. This is also a great mirror to reflect back to you if you're not taking enough time for food. I know one of my clients, when we first started working together, he was taking something like a half an hour a day for his meals. He was skipping meals left and right. He was grabbing a granola bar in between calls and errands. And so it was really affecting his health. That was one of the first things we had to to shift about his time was actually blocking out even a half an hour for lunch to give himself some space to breathe and to get a good meal. So let's just say you are like most of my clients, which I come up with 21 hours there for meals through the week. So we've got about 56 hours for sleep, 21 hours for eating. Next, let's look at your commute. Do you still commute? Are you, you know, after COVID especially, are you working from home and you have like a five minute commute? Just consider that if that's a constant for you, that could be around five hours a week, we'll say. Next, look at your morning routine. If you don't have a morning routine, this is a perfect time to start thinking about why you don't. Most, if not all of the high achievers I've ever been around have a morning routine. They know that the morning is the only time of day they can actually control because by the time they get into mid-morning, early afternoon, work, people, kids, life itself is changing and shifting rapidly and pulling on them left and right. All right, so after your morning routine, which I blocked out six hours a week at least for that, that's that's being very conservative. For me, it's more like 20 hours a week. In the morning, that's when I do my gratitude practice, have coffee with Lindsay, do some reading, work out for 45 minutes or an hour. And not every day, don't get me wrong. However, the time is still blocked out for that. And you know, then get ready for the day, review my clients' feedback forms that they submit before their calls. And all that's, it's about three hours a day, Monday through Friday, or at least Monday through Thursday. So for you, consider what that looks like. Do you even have a morning routine? Is it absent? And consider that most of the high achievers in the world build in that consistency at least four days a week, right? I'm not looking for perfection here, and I would argue that neither should you. All right, so let me fast forward because you get the gist here. Aaron's. Just running things, running errands like going to the grocery store, dealing with trips to Target, which everybody knows you're not going to walk out for less than a hundred bucks if you go. (laughs) Nonetheless, look at your typical week and think big here. You know, look at this on average. How many hours a week are you out running around just getting things done? Just adulting, right? Let's say conservatively, it's five hours a week. That's very conservative. Now, if you've got kids, you can increase that exponentially. So at the end of the day, my math for somebody in this range that I'm talking about is around 93 hours per week out of the 168 that we get to play with. 93 hours are spoken for before work. I'm going to say that again. 93 hours out of the 168 are already spoken for before work. Most Americans that I work with or really high achievers anywhere in the world 
don't consider building their calendar to support their time the way they want. They just get caught up in a reactive pattern of, oh, this is what I have to do. This is what it has to look like. I guess I need to sacrifice sleep. I guess I need to sacrifice a workout. I need to sacrifice my meals. Or even worse, I need to sacrifice T-I-M-E with my family, which we already know that means sacrificing love because people, it's really hard to feel loved if you're not even around, right? All right, so at the end of the day, I'm not going to get on the soapbox about spending time with your family. Relax. (laughs) What I am going to get on the soapbox about is the decisions around your time. So if you're constantly reacting, I want you to flip that on its head and get proactive with your calendar and start telling your calendar and telling your business how this is going to look with your time. So let me do a hard pause there. Are you tracking with me? Are you actually mapping this out in your notes? Are you looking at how many hours a night of sleep do I want to get? How much time do I want to block out per week for meals and having fun, you know, going out to eat, for instance? How much time do I need for commuting or going back and forth for my family, for my work? What about my morning routine? If I had the luxury of having the morning routine that I really wanted, you know, some of my clients get up at 4.30 or 5 a.m., journal, meditate, pray, work out, read, have their coffee, plan their day, do their affirmations, review their goals, and then they get started with their day. You know, they're basically working a a part-time job in the morning to take care of themselves and their biggest, most important goals. That's what their ideal morning looks like. If you really block that out, what would that look like in your calendar? Then let's talk about work, all right? So if you're doing this in real time, your calendar is already filling up pretty quickly. And you're probably looking at like, how am I going to get all this done? I'm going to do another hard pause right here. That's fine. Don't worry about what this looks like just yet. Let's just map it out and see what we end up with. My recommendation is always some version of this to every client. Get this calendar under control before you start worrying about what it looks like. Meaning, plug these things in that we're talking about, your sleep, your commute, your eating, and make sure that these core things are included in your calendar. Obviously, I've said it 10 times already, your morning routine. It's the only time of day you can control. So let's make sure it's really something you're proud of and excited about. Next, if you own a business, especially, this is crucial, vacations. Block in your vacations. Even if you don't know where you're going, even if you don't know if you're going to take the week, block the week in your calendar. I I always point to my friend Rob Murgatroyd, who is excellent about this. He requires people who join his mastermind to block out at least three weeks of vacation for the entire year and commit to those even before the year starts. Because he knows most people are going to steamroll their calendar and not take the vacation in the first place. So I encourage you, before you even think about anything else, get the vacation on the calendar. If you want five weeks of vacation, put them on the calendar. Worry about where you're going later on. All right, next, appointments. We know there are appointments you cannot miss. Doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, appointments with your coach, right? All these things that you cannot miss need to go on the calendar. Next, family time. I mentioned this earlier, how you spell love, T-I-M-E. Are you actually putting this on your calendar? I know it may seem sterile or unnecessary to actually block family time into your calendar, 
just think about how that would change your perception of your week. If you look at your calendar and you go, okay, starting at six o'clock every night, I am completely unavailable for work because that's my family time. So when somebody says, hey, can you make this meeting? Uh, You know, it might run over a little bit. It's going to go till probably seven o'clock. You can look at it and go, no, I can't. Or I'm leaving right at six on the nose, however you want to treat that. But you get what I'm saying, right? Family time must be on there in some way, shape, or form. Even if you're not close with your family, what I'm saying is you could block time for your friends here. So that's what brings me to the next one. Time for yourself. Time for dates. If you're if you're out in the dating scene, blocking out this time to say, like, this is when I want to be available. This is what works for me. Instead of just reacting all the time to, oh yeah, sure, I'll I'll make it work. I'll find a way. And that's when you're, you know, sending emails while you're sitting at the dinner table. All right. After that, notice this is after all of the personal and life things. Now we can talk about work. Do you see how that changes how most people treat their calendar? Most people want to block their work first and they go, yeah, I'll see if I can fit in a party here or there. No, I'm going the exact opposite direction. Now we can talk about your work and I'm not even going to just block time for work. What we're going to do is be much more purposeful. This is crucial. Listen very carefully here. When you're blocking your work, start with your 20%. You all hear me reference the one thing, the book all the time. In it, they cite the Pareto principle, which is essentially 20% of your effort will create 80% of your results. If that's the case, we must protect the time for the most important 20% of your work. In most of my clients' businesses, this looks like hiring, generating leads, creating opportunities for growth in the business or growth for the team, looking at the numbers and the financials and holding those things accountable. And coaching. That's really the most important stuff. Now, obviously, we have more than that going on, but those things move the needle for most business owners. Now, my encouragement is to look at your own life, look at your own business, and decide what your 20% is. Most of the time, it's going to be one to five things. I'm going to say that again, at least as far as your business goes. Most of the time, it's going to be one to five things. If I'm really busy, it's probably eight things at best, okay? So if you feel inclined to write this long list of your 20%, look at where you can consolidate some of those or look at what actually moves the needle. And if you get stuck, here's what I recommend. Slow down and say, okay, what are the things I must do in my business that if I don't do, the entire business will fail? Then you'll know what your 20% is. Okay. Once you block your time into your calendar for your 20%, make sure it's blocked in there where your energy is actually really high. A lot of times business owners get stuck in reacting to things and they put their most important priorities, their 20% at the end of the day because they're, they're thinking, well, I'll go out, I'll take care of everybody else, my family in the morning, my team in the mid-morning, and then after lunch, then I'll get to my 20%. And guess what? They're already fried. They've already spent most of their energy, at least 80% of their energy is gone. So they half-ass their 20% and they get shitty results. Please don't do that. <laughs> if anything, flip that on its head and say, I'll get to the team after my 20% after what's most important for me in my calendar. Okay. Blocking a half an hour for your finances. 
this changes the game for a lot of my clients who, especially who are a little more concerned about money or they have like bigger money fears than other people, a half an hour a week to look over their net worth sheet or update their net worth sheet to pay all their bills, to make sure everything is on auto payment and it's going right, to look at opportunities if there's anything that they want to change about how they're investing or moving their money around. Having that consistent time block means you're not constantly grabbing for your online banking and checking, you know, randomly just throughout the week, stealing your energy, checking for has your net worth changed, da, 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 da. We're being very purposeful about spending a concentrated half an hour on it. And then throughout the week, when it comes up, you can relax and go, you know what? I'll get to that. I'll pay that bill on Thursday morning at 9 a.m. when I do that. Think about how liberating that would be and how much energy you save through the week by not just reacting and checking it instantly. That's been a game changer for a lot of my clients. All right. So after that, now we can look at blank space. One of the most common things I see is people cramming their calendar with to-dos, with too many meetings, and they look up and it's been three months and they haven't worked out or they they haven't taken a breath for themselves because their calendars just slammed back to back to back to back to back. Please don't do that. Experiment with how much white space you can leave on your calendar. I want to say that again. Experiment with how much white space you can actually leave on your calendar. 15 minutes at least in between meetings so you can take a breath, you can grab a bite to eat, whatever. If I look at your calendar and I don't see white space, that's one of the first things I'm going to call out. I'm going to say this is unrealistic, right? This is not likely. You're not likely to stick to this or you're going to burn out. One of the two. Now, if you're at this point, almost 20 minutes into talking about your time, investigating your time and auditing it, you're probably like most of my clients are like, okay, this seems like a pretty big task. I'm going to encourage you to keep this as simple as possible and take this approach. Let's just experiment with it, right? Let's build an ideal calendar following these tips and protecting the time that matters most for you. Let's just build it and see what happens if you experiment with sticking to it for a week. And, you know, it's so funny. The other day I was coaching somebody on this exact thing. And I said, well, when was the last time you blew up your calendar and just started over with it? And she's like, well, uh, probably two years ago. And I said, well, why haven't you just scrapped it and started over if you knew it wasn't serving you, if you knew it wasn't working? And she said, well, I thought to be successful, I had to stick with it for like 20 years. And, and that was how, I, you know, it's just how I was thinking about it. I, I can't change it because if I change it, then I'm not consistent. If I'm not consistent, I'm not going to be successful. And we just start kind of interrogating the, thought behind that, the thought process behind that. I'm like, does that, does that really help you? And she's like, no, not at all. I said, wouldn't it be better to blow it up and rewrite it even six weeks in a row until you get it right, until it's serving you, until you're finally like re-energized and treating your time the way you want? She's like, oh my gosh, I just never, literally just never stopped or slowed down to think about it that way. So that's my encouragement is grab some, you know, blank paper, an Excel spreadsheet, whatever works for you and design it and experiment with it, and then come back at the end of the week or even halfway through the week and go, you know, this isn't working. I thought I could get up at 5 a.m. I'm more of a get up at 6 a.m. and get to bed earlier kind of person. Whatever. Let's find out. There's no way we're going to know what works for you. And for all of the gurus who tell you, I have the ideal calendar, I have the perfect morning, they don't know you. 
They don't know your energy. They don't know your responsibilities. And they don't know what your sweet spot for time is. Only you can figure that out. And only you can prevent forest fires. I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. So everybody, please take the time to assess your decisions about your time. And let's see what that changes in your life and how that improves your business. And let me know. Shout me out on uh, Instagram at Goodman Coaching. And let me know if this is working for you or if you have questions. I would love to be able to help you look at your calendar, look at your time and troubleshoot that accordingly. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Relentless Growth. If you're ready to start leading your life and business with a new level of passion, purpose, and relentless growth, go to goodmancoachinginc.com where you can join the email list and sign up for a coaching consultation right now.